Hello and welcome to Get Out of Rap, episode 61, with my good friend Peter, 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 Peter Dunn, who is the um, EMEA Community Engagement um, Manager for BPA. I'm lucky enough that I get to talk to Pete every day, but now you guys are going to get to talk with Pete and listen to, to Pete. Hello, Peter. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not sure, lucky. Uh, is the right word, but we do, yeah. We brighten up each other's days, that, don't we? That is true, yes. It's always, always good for a laugh. Now, we, we spun the wheel of topics because we, we could talk about anything and everything. Um, we want to steer clear of football at the moment, if that's all right. Um, and one of the things that we've both talked about in the past and is something you're passionate about not quality, we'll save that for another episode. But as we co we're coming to the end of Mental Health Awareness Week, um, why was this a topic that you wanted to talk about on the podcast? Uh, very expansive question, mate. But yeah, uh, as you mentioned there, uh, very passionate about it. Um, you know, I've, I've suffered personally. Uh, friends, family, my, my, my uh, step as well. Depression, anxiety is something that kind of runs in the family. And it just seems that the pandemic especially has really kind of put pressure on everyone for different reasons. And, and we're having a kind of a mental health crisis as a result. Um, so I thought it'd be a good spot to round off Mental Health Awareness Week with just a bit of discussion about it, yeah. And you, you were saying um, something, was it mind had said around mental health awareness that was really interesting? Absolutely, yeah. So awareness is fantastic, but something I read on the mind website was almost uh, awareness isn't enough anymore. We've, we've really got to be more proactive and almost fight for better awareness but better responses better understanding we've got to we've got to be more proactive uh in how we support each other how we kind of challenge the systems that support us um so you know the the nhs as fantastic as it is is seriously under resourced in in, in the mental health space um and and uh, you know the the what you mentioned to me, uh, the, the story you'd read, really, I think, illustrates that. Yeah, so that was, um, I don't know where, I, I don't know where I read, I read it, but it was this week. So the, that, the element of awareness and sharing, I think, is it's definitely working. It's kind of every other post or it has been this week. I think it's an interesting point you raise about, okay, it's more, it's, it's like the, but we, when we interpret data at work, right, then you have the so what question, or what does that mean? What yeah. are we going to do? Um, but the, the story, um, and I hope I do it justice, was a, a guy, unfortunately, um, whilst he recognised he had problems, sought help. Uh, there was a six-month waiting list in that for him to get help in that time, um, and naturally you think it's there's another there's another element here which is if you have money you could pay for private help but if you 
if that's not something you can commit to because it's not cheap, yeah. you're stuck in a situation where this, he was waiting for six months. Unfortunately, during that time, his um, mental health deteriorated and he took his own life. In dealing with the grief, his partner um, also sought help and was put on a six-month waiting list. And uh, it's a, like this tragic, it gives me goosebumps just recalling, it's just this tragic, cyclical, you, you can see it there for a couple who her life's been devastated, his life has tragically been lost and it's affected everyone, she wants help and gets put in exactly the same situation. Um, it just beggars belief. And it does raise that wide, wider question of the awareness is really important because I think especially around stigma and it would be good to get your, your views on that, especially you know, in life and in a professional sense. But um, whilst awareness has, is helping with that, you, can, you could say access to services and how people, how we can practically make a positive difference has never been more, more challenging. That said, there's some hopefully creative resources and some great charities out there that we can, we could talk about as well. But um, what about your, what about your own, your own journey and maybe what's, what are the things that have helped you or for people that are listening who, um, might not know that they have struggles or um, what could what can people do how does you, how does your story play out and help um well i i, I, I in, in in retrospect having talked to the, the, one of the first times i talked to a doctor and a, and a mental health professional when i got to a point where i got beyond almost trying to ignore it, put my head in the sand, etc. was that my view on, on depression was very much, well, you're having a bad day, it's become a bad week, become a bad month, etc. So I was quite ignorant as to the kind of, uh, the medical side of it almost is, is how I would describe it, I guess. Um, and it was that, at that point when someone said to me, if you take out uh, depression and say diabetes and you take out uh, your, your antidepressant medication and, and say insulin your body is is having a a, a a chemical imbalance which is it's not a bad day a bad week a bad month it, it is something that is fundamentally imbalanced within your system and needs uh you know a, a chemical correction at that point well, of course that's just one form of medication um but yeah, that, that first point was, I was quite ignorant to the realities of what it all meant. So of course, being knowledge hungry as I am, I then went out and read as much as I could about it to try and build my understanding. Um, and, and that was when I, I kind of first started with, with mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy. I was on a waiting list too as well. Um, the first time I went through it, it, it was it was fairly mild depression. I've had far worse depressive episodes since, which I'll, I'll, I'll touch on shortly. But to, to your point there, um, I catastrophize quite a lot. That's one of the key drivers of my depression and anxiety is I will look at something and, and think, 
uh, what's the worst possible scenario that can happen there? And that will run like a film reel outside of my control inside my head. So I use um, what's called like a court case method where you almost provide the, the two sides of the argument to, to an impartial version of yourself and, and, and you challenge, but if that happens, does it matter? To, to your point around so what? Well, if, what if that happened? Is it realistic? And it's trying to bring a logical approach to what is that very emotive thought and feeling response to something that's completely outside of your control. So I've, I've always kind of had to sit back after the fact, because in the moment, I, there's, there's no way that I can logically look at something and go, actually, it, it doesn't matter because my brain's running this film reel mm. of, of mm. horrible, horrible outcomes. And so I have to, um, I use an app. Well, I, I'm not using it at the moment because I'm in, a good, I'm in quite a good space, but when I'm really bad, I use an app where, which you type the information. In. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Up, but we can put it in a list. Yeah, we can, yeah. Et cetera. And you type in your concern, the problem, how you're thinking and feeling about it. And then after the fact, you go back in later in the day and read through it and go, does that still bother me in the same way? And that's, that's yeah. again, that's just like a something really practical and quick, really useful. Just tap in. This is what I'm thinking and feeling. This is this is what I'm seeing in my head. And then I'm going to put it down, leave it alone, come back to it later when that emotion isn't as, as raw and as powerful. And I'm not in that kind of spiral of I'm thinking and feeling. And it's driving me to, to more negative emotions. Um, I've also, I also use say mindfulness and um that's something when i was in empire actually we we had a really good uh network of uh, individuals who were kind of mental health champions and they built a mindfulness room where you could go in for a few minutes and just kind of spend that time you know just recentering yourself uh in a quiet place away from the kind of the hustle and the bustle and, and, and that pressured environment uh, and that's really key, just to take that time, just to be present and breathe and, and, and kind of recenter yourself, reconnect yourself with, with how you're thinking and feeling. And it only takes a few minutes as well. So you can, mm. I think the biggest thing is the habit of getting out of, I'll just keep going, I'll just do one next thing and actually stopping and, and going. It'll take a few minutes, but everything after that will feel a bit better. So let's stop and do five, 10 minutes of mindfulness uh, and, and benefit after that point. So that's just a couple of the things I kind of do to, to help me every day. I love that. And what it's interesting, you touched upon something there, catastrophizing and um, anxiety very loosely defined as being um, future-based, right? So it, you're thinking about potential futures, hence the catastrophizing. Um, there's also a link to kind of you, that, and this is something to maybe talk about in a sec around, you can have these um, mental health illnesses and still be a high performer. And I read, uh, I was lucky enough actually, I've read, we've both read Matthew Saeed's kind of um, bounce, rebel ideas, that kind of stuff, um, black box thinking. I went, I saw him at a talk and as well as being a journalist, uh, and uh, an author, 
in his uh, early days, he was like ranked number two table tennis player for, for the UK. And when he was on stage, he talked about his anxiety and his catastrophizing that he was considered a medal hope going to the Olympics. And when he actually got there and went to play and he talked through the catastrophizing. So he said he forgot all of the things that got him there. You know, the, the wins, the, the fact that he was talented, well-practiced, ready, and just went into, what if I lose? What if I lose? What if I don't get a medal? And then that very quickly, in a very quick thought process, went from, I won't just lose and not get a medal in the Olympics. I'll be laughed at. I won't ever rank again in a UK event. I'll probably lose my job. I won't get funding. I won't be able to function properly as an adult. I won't um, have a relationship anymore. And it, it was based on no evidence whatsoever. It was, it was just the fears running through his head um, prior to competing at the, at the Olympics. And, it, and he talks about how it actually affected him. So he didn't do as well as expected because not because of his opponents, not because of um, anything like that, but because of his own debilitating anxiety and catastrophizing. And I think, you know, that's where awareness and um, those kind of things. And he, he, he talks about, and interestingly, there's this, um, I'd recommend this, there's a Buddhist monk on TikTok who, um, and again, I'll put his name in the, we'll share your resources. I'll put this guy's name in the comments when we post about this on LinkedIn. Um, and he deals with questions. People just pop in questions. And one of them was, do Buddhist monks suffer from anxiety or depression? And he's, you know, and he, he very eloquently talks about, you know, sure. However, one of the things that they, uh, the pure, one of the main concepts of Buddhism, which is probably why Buddhist monks suffer less than the general population, is because it's about living in the moment. And he says depression is based in the past, a lot of it. Anxiety is based in the future, whereas being a Buddhist, especially a Buddhist monk, is about living in the moment and being happy in the moment and thinking about being happy right now and just staying there. And if you, of course, you have to think about the future and practical plans and I've got to go and do this and, and so on and so on. But the moment that becomes more than that, just to bring yourself back to living in the moment. And it's funny the kind of different places that you can pick up, you can pick up tips. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, and it, it, it is funny you should mention that as well, actually, because something that, uh, that Helen mentioned to both of us uh, a while ago was around toxic positivity, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, I guess that being present and being centered is absolutely a way of, of ensuring that you're aware of the realities of the past and the future, but you're moving through them instead of they're weighing you down. Um, as that toxic positivity piece that, you know, just almost no matter how awful, difficult and, and oppressive something feels or is that we should just be positive about it. Um, and, and that, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's benefits to being optimistic and, and 
moving through things, but I think that almost rejecting um, re rejecting the difficult parts of, of the reality of things is, is is dangerous in and of itself. You know, it, it's exploring positive emotions as well as negative emotions and exploring your problems as well as your positives is uh, that feels like balance and, and that's probably where that that zen thing comes in mm. uh, as opposed to just kind of yeah head in the sand on it and going I'm just going to look at all this stuff because it's really good and nice and positive and all this stuff is because I, I did that previously I would just build mental walls and cages and so on around problems especially emotional ones and then a relationship I had over a decade ago that was a space that it was quite dysfunctional and it came and when it came to its its negative horrible conclusion it smashed down all of those walls and I found myself completely overwhelmed by all of this emotion because it just escaped and it was rampant and my attempt at logically controlling it was 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 woefully inadequate in, in terms of how do I deal with this and so I, I ended up having a, a mental breakdown. Uh, I wasn't committed because my, my mom and dad had the capacity to look after me. So I moved back in with my parents after a, many, many years of, of living independently. That was the only reason, as I say, I, I wasn't, um, you know, looked after in, in a secure facility, fundamentally. And it was... Um, you remember the film Dragnet when they come back from, from the pagan festival and, and they throw all of those drugs all over the table. That was kind of like my diet at that point in time from waking up was my, my mum was the, the controller of the vast amount of medication that I was taking to kind of get me through the day. And that was, that was driven at that point in time by a, by a toxic positivity that I didn't have the language I think to be able to confront the negative things in a way other than I feel angry I feel isolated and, and that was about the range I had so when it as I say flooded over me I was I was ill-equipped to deal with it and only since then have I kind of built my 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 own mental health toolkit to be able to to deal with things in, um, which it's, it's an ongoing thing for me. You know, I, I don't think that it will ever be a time where I go, I'm completely mentally well, but certainly um, there's a positive, I think, in, in understanding that past and the future, but confronting it in a way that, um, I think it was something you said to me yesterday, actually, is, is it's, a, it's a heavy piece of chain mail that you wear, but you, when you, you've got to take it off and look at it and accept it and not let it sit on you and, and just, crush you yeah it's interesting it's, and again it's that whole thing about the positive side of awareness movements weeks moments whatever is that we i would like to think the vast majority of people now will not kind of go not cringe a bit or go oh how do i how do i deal with this person if it comes out in conversation that they have a um a mental illness in the same way that it, it wouldn't bother me if you said that I've, I've got eczema or, you know, something that you, I'm not equating the two, by the way, but 
Um, I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't think of anything yeah. equivalent. But um, it's. I would like to think that that um, that doesn't happen. I still think there's things. I still think there are things that need to where awareness weeks and things like that are good because we still need to talk about it. I read a post the other day about someone who had thought about posting something for years and basically said they were high functioning, high performing, high achieving, but had depression and have had it for many, many years. And those kind of things I think are great because the more that we can get to a point of acceptance and um, I'm, meeting people where they are with everything that they bring with them and that includes mental illness the better we'll all be we'll all be for it um because we we talked about like the other one being it's not just in a professional sense is it we talked about specifically for men you know um that age group that i'm in now um it's suicides the highest is the primary number one cause of death and yeah. what a tragedy, what a tragedy that is. And I think it's that kind of, um, we're manly men, so we don't, we, don't, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about our troubles. And there's so many good examples out there of people trying to break that down. That, interestingly, through clothing lines, a lot of it's stigma. Um, the, uh, Jordan is, has got stigma of clothing brand, uh, brands that is associated with uh, mental health boys get sad too is another one that um around that tagline just starts to to break that thing because if you from childhood if you cry or express your emotions as a as a as a young lad and then going into being a man it it's generally frowned upon or it has been mm-hmm. were you ever told to um, man up or variations of as a, as a child i mean yeah i i was i was i played in team sports from a young age um and it's a very good question actually because i've got a good juxtaposition on on, on that that i think might help illustrate the positive and the negative around that when i was when i was seven or eight years of age a uh, very old school rugby coach coached the, 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 the youth team I played in and we played in a sevens tournament um, where me and one other uh, boy on, on the pitch were the two who were big enough to tackle this other team of huge thoroughbred kids that we were playing. Um, and it, so it was fundamentally two on seven and it was it's a very short, high-paced game but by the end of it, I was physically and mentally exhausted. And it was this, it was only the second one in an all-day tournament. The coach's response was very much keep going, man up, push forward, suppress that emotion, and, and get rid of it. And actually, my, my 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 dad at the time, I thought had initially said, um, he wasn't my dad at the time, he was my dad, and at that time, just to clarify that, said, um, don't let them cry. And I thought it was in the same vein. He said, because they will they will see that they've got to you um but he was also hugging me and he was saying it's okay it's just a game i know it's important to you and i know you're feeling emotional but you know it's important you know it's it's important that you, you feel through that and actually it was i've got those two very different views where the coach was very much a emotion is it's 
for other people and, and you're, you're a rugby player and you've just got to get on and, and be tough inside and out. And my dad helped me unpack it and explore it in a way that made sense for me at the time as, as a young boy. Um, but sport, I think, is, is a kind of a key place where, where we've seen a lot of positive changes in the last mm. few years. There's a lot more mental health ambassadorship um, rugby, tennis, cricket, football, you know, other sports I follow, I'm seeing more and more people step out, I think, almost of the fear of not, you know, they don't want to talk about it. To your point, there's a lot of people, I think, that still have that, that final step where they almost worry that they're going to be judged if, if they speak up about it. Uh, and I think we're in a place where actually there's more and more people willing to be judged if they're judged and to challenge the perception of the individual who judges and say, no, there shouldn't be a stigma. We need to talk about this. Uh, and, and your point the other day about, um, you know, your man versus fat and the football that you do. And, and it's, it's, it's a great team sport and it helps you mentally, but everything that goes with it, that wraparound camaraderie, the esprit de corps type point that that's, that's, you know, that's, that's hugely beneficial, I think, to offer informal places where, where men can have, uh, have those conversations. You know, in, in a way I think that, it, you're that, right. It, what, what those sorts of things have shown, I think, is everything happens in relationships. And um, so... The man versus fat, which is an FA-backed scheme um, for guys who want to get fit, weight loss, but play football. Um, I would recommend if you fall into the category of wanting to lose weight and you love football, go and just search man versus fat. And as, an, as a kind of positive side effect of, of doing that, pe the, the, the team that you're in started talking about... Um, mental health and how that linked to physical health and why some guys had kind of got out of shape and let themselves go and all of those different things. And it's, it's about being in a supportive environment and subsequently, cause that was, you know, over nearly two years ago, but subsequently since then I've moved into a new area and I wanted to play football. So I set up a, I just, found a, a really nice there's a few pitches near where I live spoke to the people up there and kind of press ganged people <laughs> um at various dad's taxi stops and said hey do you like football um and we play we've been playing for a good six months now on a Sunday and it's just refreshing that afterwards having a beer um I'm not conversations I was having the conversations I heard near me with other guys in the team where I think as well the lockdown has kind of opened the door for people to say how are you doing from a mental point of view because we're all sharing the experience and it's allowed people that maybe would have been a bit reticent to talk about it mm. to go yeah you know I'm struggling when someone says how's it been going in lockdown and they say I'm struggling I think it's not a massive leap of faith to assume that they're talking about me mentally because we've all been through it. Um, and I think that would be one of the positives that comes out of this. It was just nice to be able to 
talk about challenges we've had. I didn't feel any shame in saying, you know, six years ago, I struggled as a result of my um, marriage breaking down and had counselling. And why wouldn't you, the most important organ we've got, the brain, why wouldn't you speak, uh, seek the help of professionals around your brain? And it shouldn't be a taboo subject. We should be talking about it more in schools and talk. And I know that there is a lot of that happening, but um, I didn't feel any shame in talking about um, my challenges from six years ago and what I did then and what I do now and recognizing times when I might be reminiscing in a negative way or whatever um, and being open about it. And it was just nice to be amongst people that didn't go, oh God, you know, right, let's get away from him. <laughs> they probably said that about other reasons. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's, I, I think, uh, you know, I think we're, I mean, people talk about toxic masculinity. Um, and it's not that I, I don't disagree in many aspects about toxic masculinity, but I do think one aspect of it that has changed for the positive is, is that capacity to get away from us, the stiff upper lip, the be calm don't show your emotions and so on I do I genuinely think we, we come on leaps and bounds in that space and a lot of that is around being able to talk about emotion beyond I'm angry you know because I think that that was has, has been something that there's been a lot of work and effort put into for men to improve our vocabulary around our emotions how we're thinking how we're feeling uh, and how we represent that. Um, and I think that is, I think that's strength to be able to show your vulnerability and to do that in, I mean, a lot of sport, a lot of male team sport is very alpha male. And, you know, and, and the negative side of that is that, you know, toxic masculinity where the playoff can be sometimes, oh, it's just bounce, it's just lads, lads, lads. But actually, there's, there's some there's, there's negative discussion, and, and being able to show the strength to kind of go, no, that's not acceptable. And flip side, when we talk about emotion, it's not played down or people want to leave, as you say. There's, there's actually that that space to be able to say, no, let's talk about this. And yeah, a huge positive I think from from, from the pandemic is the reality is that people are more open because more people are, are, are living within that shared experience, you know, of, 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 we feel socially isolated and a lot more of us are having anxious moments as a result. I remember in the first lockdown, getting in the car and going out for some shopping. And I honestly felt for a short while that it was a bit like 28 days later or something. There was almost no one out, no cars along a very busy mm. road that I drive in quite a lot. Thankfully uh, less zombies. Thankfully, yeah, it wasn't as long as But putting my mask on and, and kind of walking into a, mm. the, 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 the supermarket and thinking, it's really dead and it's, it's a Saturday and I've hardly seen anyone out, I've hardly seen anyone here. And actually, there was almost that avoidance. Oh, I've, got to, I've got to steer away from other people in the shop because it, it was becoming more and more apparent at that time that we'd had 
a view of we're not sure how serious this is maybe it'll come and go quite quickly and then suddenly well we're in this for the long haul and this is this is serious um it's having a huge impact on society whether we agree with the measures or not that were put in place they were in place and, and i think that was everyone's almost brain patterns and context at that point in time was coronavirus first everything else second it was just absolutely in the forefront of everyone's mind wasn't it and, and i think that shared experience is is you know not to downplay the, the huge negatives that we've had from this but it was it is a positive to kind of say more people i think are more open and more honest around the realities of, of having lived through the past year and a bit definitely i watched this um joe rogan podcast um and he said this quote from a guy called the henry david thoreau or something like that um from what it's it's way back in time but it said most men live lives of quiet desperation and it obviously that's pretty bleak right um but what he went on to say, or what Joe Rogan was talking to this psychologist in his uh, podcast about was, especially as men get older, <coughs> into 30s and 40s, especially in 50s, that there is a, and again, you've got to be careful with generalizations, especially around gender, I get that, but there is a, um, you can say men, have less groups that they're part of, less friendship groups that they're part of, spend more time alone and feel society's kind of um, pressures from a responsibility point of view, old fashioned, but shoulder these kind of, I'm the head of the family or X, Y, Z, and have these kind of this lonely, desperate state. Um, and the psychologist was saying, what breaks that, that what breaks that down is is relationships, is connections, is um, so you know we've talked about this for for me it's football for you it's your um, gaming community and and your friends and that kind of um, getting out and and meeting up and um, that's being prevented through the lockdown. So you wonder how many people have kind of got ever decreasing circles feeling alone 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 and it leads to this point around that um from a place of um, goodness people say i'm always there for you to talk to talk to but that kind of for me that kind of puts the onus on someone who is probably least equipped least inclined to talk to someone about where they're at it's actually the emphasis is on that person who says I'm always here to proactively try and make re-establish that connection and to go past the first I'm fine yeah yeah I'm fine I'm good keep talking are you really though talk you know talk yeah. to me talk to me talk to me talk keep going past the the first I'm fine um, but I just found it fascinating that from the 1800s that it's still there's still been this even then there was this kind of recognition that for men it can be different and that's borne out in statistics now 
and we still have we still have some work to do i mean i know personally i've massively benefited from the groups that i'm in and through talking to you and just talking to helen and having the types of relationships where it's okay to have those kind of conversations and you know we use this we don't so much anymore but we used to use a scale didn't we which is very simply it's a shared language and shared code where we would say you can say on one to ten ten being i'm living my best life i've never felt so good one obviously the, the opposite but we would start every meeting with where are we at on a scale of one to ten and it just means the others can amend accordingly and um, do you want to talk about it? Don't you recognise where you're at on that on that scale? And that came about from a kind of being as part of a part of a group. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, I guess a couple of points there today. Yeah, I've, I've been quite lucky in that um, my my escapism is, is as you say is, is gaming so I, I do a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and we've been able to shift that quite successfully to an online space and one of the things that came out of that was was what we called the virtual pub um, where actually if we, if we didn't want to um, do something specific it was just let's just log on and talk and have a few drinks in the, in the process because you know I'm a, I'm a fan of alcohol and um, you love your beers absolutely <laughs> so it was it was that that again as well was yeah that open and honest space where most of the conversation was whatever um but it gave us that opportunity to check in uh, and as you say ask twice was, was, was i think quite a good positive campaign and so it's like are you okay yeah 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 but are you okay was was and and that would help i think everyone to kind of unpack some of what we were going through at that time in a way that felt very non-judgmental you know again back to the shared experience we're all here to have a chat but we all know that we need it as well it's it's there is there is value to that beyond just reconnection that value is actually human contact virtual though it is goes a long way to reducing that that isolation and that being trapped inside your own head at times and, uh, and, and and your other point I think as well really good around people who are ill-equipped because of where they are mentally to be able to respond absolutely we've got there's always a fine balance between uh, going most of the way to someone to get them to talk and then what you do with that in that space because trying to fix someone have you tried to go to the doctors? Have you tried tablets? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Then can very easily feel very judgmental. So it's 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 very important, I think, that you go most of the way to help that individual and you ask that question, but you follow it up, but then give them the space, of course, to be able to unpack everything that they're going through. Good um, point. And and if if they go, I'm doing this and this and this, fantastic. But if, if, if it's, I'm in this space and I see no way out of it, it's, you know, just just talk to me, share, share the problem. And we, we've got a load of stuff to share as well, haven't we, in terms of Samaritan's mind, et cetera, uh, which we can, we can uh, link to your post when you, when you share it through social media about different ways of 
answering that. And one of the ones I, 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 I thought was really good that, again, you, you highlighted was, was shout. Mm. And, and just having a different, different channel to be able to discuss and share. You know, because mm. a lot of people, I think, are, are very reticent around voicing it. Yeah. But being able to to type it out in a in a text message is is maybe you can consider what you want to say. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking, and 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 put it together in that way. But and it, it also it's I think it's a smaller step instead of being able stealing yourself and you're in a bad place to talk and have that conversation versus oh, I'm, just, I'm going to text this number because I, I need to do something. It's that, that small step. It's it's mm. it's easier in many ways, I think. So it's it's re I think having that opportunity to to do that is is key as well. So I think there's uh, you made such a good point earlier around not wanting to solutionize. And I think if we're operators, especially in our industry as well, we want to we we see ourselves as problem solvers, and we're in operations and we want to solve things. Um, we we apply the same rationale to. Uh, hearing people when they're saying, I know I've had to learn it or bite my tongue and understand that actually there's a great Bren Brown um, YouTube animation about the difference between empathy and sympathy. And a lot of the time people, before you start, like you say, start going into, you should do this, do this, do this. It's just listen, let it land, let people get, let people share it and live in that live in that kind of space for a bit rather than going yeah okay heard this before do this you know because it kind of negates where that person's um coming from so absolutely yeah really 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 good point yeah we I, could probably talk about this for for <laughs> a lot longer days <laughs> <laughs> yeah this but again this has been you know we've we have these we have these quite regularly, don't we? And I, I benefit from it. Um, and again, it's, a, it's that thing about having having healthy enough relationships that you can. Absolutely, yeah. But bringing bringing back to business, yes, it's fantastic. That as 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 my manager and friend, I I have trust that I can I can turn to you and say I'm having a bad day. I am struggling with task output. I'm maybe just going to take some time because in turn, I feel trusted that you understand that you're going to get a better version of me when I'm in a different, more positive space that work will get done. Uh, and then, you know, that watching a nine to five presenteeism perspective is, is, is not a positive, especially with people at, you know, at home. Um, and, and, and being able to just have those small moments, you know, even if it is setting up a meeting in your calendar, uh, but it's not task oriented, you're not after an outcome, you're just there to talk. Mm. That's, 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 mm. a fun, yeah, that's, that's a really good space to be able to kind of say, um, this is our version of a water cooler moment kind of thing, because we all miss that, don't we? Um, yeah. One, one thing I did see in terms of a stat is actually um, I read a report where 58% of, of people think going back to the office will help repair their mental health because 
which I was quite surprised at how high yeah. that was because I yeah. had a lot of positives around. I can self-manage my time. I can do this. I can do that whilst I'm at home. But going back to the office to be able to go into those routines, I, I think a, a, a huge part of it is those quick chats, stopping stopping yeah. at the desk or yeah. sharing a coffee or whatever it might be. You know. So yeah, I, I think having having a hug. Yeah, I'm a hugger. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, again, from a business perspective, uh, this same report, 80% of, of office employees are having health and uh, mental health and well-being worries. Yeah. So that's even higher than the, the, the usual one in four mental health stat, right? That's, that's most everyone is, 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 is struggling in, in, in where we are now. So mm. it's yeah, more important than ever to... To, to so we we will share resources when we um, when we post, and then you know, for me it would just be you know the people around you, you know that some that might not have um, as many connections or their support circles might not be as good as you want. Um, make sure you do you proactively contact them. Go past that first response absolutely um peter any other any other final words of wisdom we could talk about it for ages but we have got i've got another meeting <laughs> won't be as interesting as this i know yeah uh no i, I think you i think you've covered it well there it's get past that first yeah i'm all right mate and dig if and if you think, you know, I'm not sure I want to unpack this because I know they're, they're, they're struggling. Um, it's, not, it's not true altruism, I think, to, you know, it, it's, it's good to help others, but it will help you as well because yeah. if you recognize some of the same things in that person as you're feeling yourself, it will, it will help you to, to understand mm -hmm. and challenge yourself on, on how you respond to it. So it's it's not entirely selfless to have those conversations. Everyone benefits. And even if you take nothing away than, other than I've helped a friend today, yeah. that is more than enough, I think. Peter, thank you very much. No we will, let's talk the next time around um, this kind of, I like that presenteeism, that nine to five. I think let's, let's talk about that. And, um, but thank you very much for coming on again. And um, have a lovely day, my friend. Absolutely. You too. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>